Hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. I want to greet you all wherever you're connecting from. This is the Freedom Streams program and I am Pastor Dennis, uh, other from Freedom Experience Ministry in Uganda. My burden is to see that I present wonderful truths to you. You see, our life in Christianity is like is coming from the many shoulders of God's people, men of God, women of God that have been existing from time past. But God has showed and revealed things. We have looked unto these people. We have followed them. We have learned. We have studied. And uh, we are now um, continuing whatever God revealed to them plus our revelation plus um, um, our ministry in this time. Also, we are passing it over to another generation. And this makes me not to rest. I want always to speak something, to leave it in the space, to leave it in the, like, recorded. Because I know that in the future there is a multitude of people that will be looking and searching out for these things. Praise the name of Jesus. So, as Freedom Experience Ministry, we see that we dispense Christ we pour him, we minister him to the believers, to the body of Christ. I know that in this way, the body of Christ, in one way or the, or the other, is going to be uh, uplifted and even built up that there is a full expression of Christ in the universe. Praise the name of Jesus. So, allow me to continue today's message. And in this message, we shall consider Christ's passion in incarnation. Remember previously uh, we have been talking about uh, Christ's person in creation. Now we want to see uh, what is his person in incarnation. This is episode 11. This is season 2 and uh, we are talking about Christ's New Testament economy. And this is our season 2. This is episode 12. Episode 12. And I know that you should know that there is a first season that we have already talked about and this is our second season you should look for it on our platforms you are you can go and get freedom experience app from google play store or you can visit freedom experience ministry.org or you can visit our podcast we have one in apple podcast we have google podcast we have spotify we have um here this we have uh, radio, radio public. So we have many uh, platforms where you are able to find us and find our teachings. Praise the name of Jesus. So we are going to see Christ and consider Christ's person in incarnation. This is our uh, continuation. So in incarnation, number one, Christ is God manifested in the flesh. God manifested in the flesh. So in the incarnation, Christ is God manifested in the flesh. Remember, the Bible says in 1 Timothy, well, that's our scripture, we are going to start with chapter 3, verses 16, says that, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. Mystery states that God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, lived on in the world, received up into glory. Now, this is a mystery that Paul was explaining. He was manifested in the flesh, not only as the Son, but as the entire God. 
And this is why Paul says that this is a mystery. The Father, the Son, and the Spirit manifested in the flesh. Now, as the Word, who is the very God, Christ became flesh. John chapter 1 verse 14. So therefore he is God, the triune God, manifested in the flesh. So it is important for us to, to realize that it was the entire God, not only the Son of God who was incarnated. Because if you think that it was only Christ that came, it means that God did not come. But John 1.14 says that the word which is God became flesh. So this God who the word is, is not a partial God. That part of God is word. No, the entire God is word. Rather, it is the entire God. God the Son, God the Father, God the Spirit. So the New Testament does not say that the word who became flesh was God the Son. No, it instead says that, um, indicates that in the beginning was the word. And this word is the entire triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. Therefore, Christ in incarnation is the entire God manifested in the flesh. And this is what Paul says that uh, this is a mystery. God was manifested in the flesh. So, because of the influence of traditional teaching, you see, we have been affected by traditional teachings. And for us to reprogram our minds for a recovery of the truth is has been a, a trouble and a, a problem. We may think that only the Son of God, traditionally, we may think that uh, only the Son of God, not, not only the entire God was incarnated. And this is what we all have been thinking, that it was only Christ that became flesh. But if you take that as your final truth, you will be missing other crucial truths. So the New Testament does not say that the Son of God was incarnated. It simply says that God was manifested in the flesh. And this means that the entire God became incarnate. He visited the earth. So through incarnation and human living, God was manifested in the flesh. Now, in the flesh means that in the likeness and in the fashion of man. Romans chapter 8 verses 3 says that um, For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God is sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. Now, to some people who say that it, God sent the Son and God remained in the heaven. It is not like that. I've spoken about this even the book of John. says that when he sent him, he came with him. He says the Father who sent me is with me. Meaning that when he sent him, he came also. And this is something that you need to see with the eyes of the Spirit and of Revelation. Philippians chapter 2 verses 7 to 8 uh, we have also a statement that says that but Jesus Christ was not equal with God but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men see? and being found in fashion as a man he humbled himself and became obedient unto death even the death of the cross so we see that in the form of man Christ appeared to people. 
Bible says in 2nd Corinthians chapter 5 and verses 16 it says that wherefore henceforth know we no man after the flesh yeah though we have known Christ after the flesh yet now henceforth know we him no more others one time Christ Christ was known after the flesh by the disciples but right now in resurrection we don't know him after the flesh we now know him after the spirit because he is in resurrection this is what the verse means so he was god manifest god manifested in a man number 2 we shall continue to see uh, christ in incarnation number 2 he is the god man the god man so here we are going to see our first part which is part a conceived of the holy spirit having the essence of god so christ as the god man as the god man was conceived of the holy spirit with the divine essence when you look uh, uh, in the book of luke chapter 1 verses 31 you will see that uh, when the angel was explaining it say that and the angel answered and said unto mary the holy ghost shall come upon you and the power of the highest shall overshadow you therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the son of god so even matthew 120 we see that he was conceived of the holy spirit The gospel of Luke is so unique in telling us how the God man was conceived. He was conceived not of a man but of the Holy Spirit. So with the the divine essence. So the Holy Spirit is God himself reaching man. So in the conceiving of God the God man the Holy Spirit came into humanity. Now here you see that so far Uh, even the holy spirit came into humanity because it was by him uh, through which christ was to be created so he had to come to overshadow mary so because that god man was conceived of the holy spirit he was the divine essence and he has the divine essence the essence of god he has that element of god the core of god he has the seed of god here we use the word essence Now and this is a strong sense that denotes uh, something even more uh, more core than nature. The essence is the central constitution of a certain substance, the center of that substance. So the God man was conceived of the Holy Spirit not only with the divine nature but with the divine essence. And concerning the conceiving of the God man we have seen in the book of Luke chapter 1 verse 35 that I say that the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you wherefore also the holy thing which is born will be called the son of God and we see that as as the cloud overshadowed the mount of transfiguration in Matthew 17 verse 5 and even the tabernacle in Exodus 40 verse 34 and 38 we see that picture the power of the most high overshadowed Mary just as there was an overshadowing cloud in the days of Moses and even 
the days of Jesus in transfiguration. It seems that according to this verse, the Holy Spirit only came upon Mary as the power for her to conceive the Lord Jesus. So we see that, however, Matthew 1.18 and even verse 20 tells us that Mary was found having in womb out of the uh, out of the Holy Spirit and the thing begotten generated in her is out of the Holy Spirit at which was found in the womb. This indicates that the divine essence out of the Holy Spirit had been generated in Mary's womb before she delivered the Lord Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. So, we will proceed to the second part in this when we say Christ in incarnation is the God-man. The second part would be he is born of a human virgin having the essence of man. So this is another part. The first one I've told you that he is born of the spirit having the essence of the Holy Spirit all of God. Now we are seeing that he is born of a human virgin having the essence of man. Now Christ as a God man was born of a human virgin and therefore he has the essence of man. When you read again Luke chapter 1 verses 30, 31 Luke chapter 1 verse 31 it says that and behold behold you shall conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Now, here they change to call him Jesus, but in other scripture they called him Emmanuel, a being that God with us. Here is Jesus. So Jesus is his name as the one that is born uh, by a human virgin. But when you come to verses uh, Galatians 4, 4, Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 says that, But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law. So here we are seeing another uh, essence of Christ being man, a human. And we see that Christ was born of a human virgin with the human essence. We have seen, when we go back in the book of Luke, chapter 1, and verses uh, 27, you will see that the Bible says to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David and the virgin's name was Mary. So this is the one that uh, gives birth to Christ. When you come to verses 31, it says that and behold thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. So we see that a virgin named Mary conceived in her womb and bore a son whose name was Jesus. And because the God man was conceived of the Holy Spirit with the divine essence and was even born of a human virgin with a human essence, he has two essences. He has two cores, two, two uh, seeds in him, the divine and the human. Now, such a conception of the Holy Spirit in a human virgin accomplished with both the divine and the human essence constitute a mingling of the divine nature with the human nature. Without these two essences, even us, the believers, cannot have mingling of the divine nature with that human nature. 
The same applies to us when we believe today. The spirit of God enters us and brings the divine nature into us who are already human in nature. And there is a mingling of the divine nature with the human nature. Now this but this is what produced Christ to be a God man. So Christ was produced to be a God man because there was a mingling of the divine nature with the human nature. Now the same applies to us. We are produced to be man gods because we have the divine nature mingled with our human nature. We are men who have become God because we possess the nature of God. Praise the name of Jesus. Christ was God who became man because he possesses the nature of man. So, we see that this God man, the one who is both the complete God and a perfect man, he possesses the divine nature and the human nature. And these are distinctively, without a third nature by being produced, they remained two natures, not making a third one. So the mingling does not create another nature even in us. We have two natures that have mingled, the divine and the human, the human nature. But their mingling does not produce something third, no. And this is the most wonderful and excellent person of Christ in his incarnation. He is God-man. He has mingled the divine with the human nature. Praise the name of Jesus. And the concept and the conception of the God-man was God's incarnation and it is constituted not only by the divine power but also of the divine essence. It is a divine essence that is added to the human essence therefore producing the God-man of two natures the divinity and the humanity. And through this God joined himself to humanity so that he might be manifested in the flesh. Now, when you take this picture in your day-to-day life, you see that you are extraordinary in the time you got saved. There is a, a, a human nature that has been mingled with the divine nature to make you someone extraordinary. So, some Bible teachers have failed to understand the matter of mingling in Christ's conception. They have failed because they are always deba- debating about the word mingling. And uh, the they, they, uh, concerning mingling of the divine essence and the human essence in the person of the Lord Jesus. Some people did not even understand this mingling. So they kept on uh, cause, saying that the mingling created a third nature, which is not supposed to be so. So, when you say that the mingling of the divine and the human created another nature, it is going to be heresy. It's going to be a false teaching. That's not the truth. Jesus Christ is not quite God nor quite man but uh, in other words he has not created another third entity uh, with a third nature because there was a mingling of two. So we cannot say that something came out of the two mingling. So when you say that it means that uh, uh, that is a false, a false teaching a false truth false teaching. You can only say that there is a third nature. It is heretical. So we will go back to find about the definition and the meaning of the word mingle in the dictionary. The word mingle here in the dictionary means to combine or to join one thing with another or two or more things together. 
That is what the word mingling means. Especially, especially so that the original elements are distinguishable in the combination. According to this definition in the Webster Dictionary, uh, when two or more things are mingled together, their original natures are not lost. But they remain distinguishable. You can differentiate them. And this is a situation regarding Christ as God man. You could still see the divinity in him as well as the, 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 the humanity in him. The humanity didn't disappear in the divinity and the divinity did not dissolve in the humanity. But these two natures are still visible, distinguishable. Even as we know that as you are seated, they are listening to me. As I'm sitting, I know that in me there is the divine nature, but I also sense in me there is a nature that is human. And if most of the time I'm human, I'm going to be like other people. Not until I I take over uh, the divinity in me to become extraordinary in my living. Praise the name of Jesus. So we still have these two natures; they don't dissolve in each other. It remain for a purpose. God did not come to take over us. Praise the name of Jesus. He wanted to live with us. Not to make us to cease to be. So that he might exist. No. This is not God's plan. So this is why he, Christ remained uh, human even when he resurrected. He wanted the humanity to, to still exist. Whereas he was going back into the divinity. Even right now God Christ is a God man. He has these two natures. Praise the name of Jesus. So, in Christ we have the divine essence and the human essence. They remain. They are, they are distinguishable. So, this is the mingling and uh, this is uh, that this is what has become of us. We have not produced a third nature. But we still have two natures distinguishable. So even Christ as God man he possesses two natures. In him uh, there is the divinity and the humanity and they are distinguishable. Praise the name of the Lord. So let me talk about something a uh, little before we finish even today we shall continue next time. Number 3 we are going to see a holy thing. Christ in incarnation is called the holy and we have seen in Luke 135 Christ being called the holy thing and because the uh, the conceiving was of the Holy Spirit so what was born of this conception was a holy thing, something intrinsically holy as the holy thing Christ was absolutely for God and separated unto God, he was absolutely unto God and one with God because you need to know that holy here does not talk about a state of a person, but it, it talks about the separation unto when a person is set apart for God. This is what the holy thing is all about. Number four, Christ is Jesus. In incarnation, Christ is Jesus. So the name Jesus was given by God. Angel Gabriel, remember, told Mary that the child she could conceive was to be called Jesus. That is in Luke one thirty one. We see that later the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph and also told
told him to be to call the, the, the child Jesus that is in Matthew 1:21 therefore Jesus was a god given name god gave him a name you shall call his name Jesus and other time he was called Emmanuel you shall see that but in Luke 1:31 he says that behold you conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus Now, Jesus is the Greek equivalent of the Hebrew name Joshua. Joshua in Numbers 13:16. Jesus is in, in the Hebrew, uh, rather is in the Greek and uh, in Hebrew is called Joshua, which means Jehovah the Savior. All it means the, sav- the salvation of the Lord. It means the lord the savior or the salvation of the lord jehovah the savior or the salvation of jehovah so therefore jesus is not only a man but is also jehovah he is the lord and not only jehovah the lord but jehovah has become our salvation glory to god so this brings me now to talk about him as jehovah before we finish praise the name of jesus so the name jesus includes the name jehovah and in the hebrew god means the mighty one and jehovah means i am if you remember in exodus 3:14 jehovah means i am now the verb to be the verb to be in hebrew refers not only to the present but also it includes the past and the future Therefore the correct meaning of Jehovah is I am that I am that I am remember in Exodus 3:14 the one who is now in the present who was in the past and who will be in the future and in eternity forever this is Jehovah this is the I am I'm going to be I have been there I am and I will be So only God is the eternal one from eternity past to eternity future he is the i am he is the i am and because the lord jesus is god is, is god incarnate we could say of himself uh, that he is the i am and the bible says before abraham came into being i am that is john chapter 8 verses 58 now someone would think that this was a broken english because Jesus would have said I was it says in John 8:58 before Abraham came into being I am so we see that he could say to the Jews unless when you read in John chapter 8 verses 24 and even 28 says that unless you believe that I am you shall die in your sins and when you lift up the son of man then you will know that I am so he emphasized in John 8 to return back his title of Jehovah I am praise the name of Jesus so we need to realize that Jesus is the I am and we need we need to believe in him as the I am reason as why is the I am is that he wants to meet all our needs if you are sick he says I am your healer if you are hungry he says I am your bread of life if you are dying he says I am life he says I am resurrection I am I am strength I am light he has become our I am 
the Lord Jesus Christ is whatever we need. If you need salvation, he himself is going to be salvation to, to you. He says, I am your salvation. Whatever you need, child of God, you know, you must know that he is. He is life. He is light. He is power. He is wisdom. He is righteousness. He is all holiness. He is everything we need and everything we need is found in him. This is why he calls himself with a gracious title, I am. To meet all our needs, glory to God for this. He wants to meet all our needs. And part B, before I finish, is called the Savior or all the salvation. We have seen and we have pointed out that the name Jesus means Jehovah, the Savior, and our uh, or Jehovah, our salvation. Jesus is Jehovah's Savior, the one who saves us from everything God condemns and from all negative things. He is our Savior even today. He saves us from our sin and sins. He saves us from all the things that beset uh, all the besetting sins in our daily life. He is our Savior. He saves us from all evil and every evil power of Satan and from every bondage and addiction. He is our Savior. He is our salvation. Jesus is not only the Savior. He himself is also our salvation. He does not simply give us salvation, but he comes into us as our salvation. Glory to God. So when you call upon him to save you, he is your salvation. When we call on Jesus, I tell you, we are not only simply calling the name of a man. Jesus is not, is not simply a, a man. He is Jehovah our Savior. He is Jehovah our salvation. When we call on the name Jesus, we are calling on Jehovah as our Savior. He's going to save you from all that is uh, worrying you. He is our salvation. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord, the Bible says, he will be saved. So Jesus is also the real Joshua to us. Glory to God. He is the real Joshua to us. Moses brought God's people out of Egypt, remember. But Joshua brought them into rest. So as our Joshua, Jesus brings us into rest. Remember Matthew eleven twenty-eight and 29. It indicates that Jesus is rest. That brings us into himself. It brings us into himself as rest. When you read the book of Hebrews chapter 4, verse 8 and verse 9, because of time, I might not read there. My time is already up. But it also speaks that Jesus as the real Joshua brings us into the rest of the good land. Glory to God. He is not only our Savior, saving us from sin. He is also our Joshua, bringing us into rest, which is himself as the good land. Glory to God. So, whenever we call on his name, he saves us. He brings us into the enjoyment of himself. I want to stop here. The Lord richly bless you.